let's turn in, in your Bible, if you would, you can turn to Psalm number 1. I referenced Psalm number 1 in the sermon this morning, and I thought uh, that for uh, the few and the faithful who would return tonight, it would be helpful just to, uh, to take a look at Psalm number 1, because we have not visited that psalm in quite some time, at least a couple of years. Uh, as we began going through some psalms on Wednesday nights, I believe. And so I would like to consider it this evening. I'm going to read it to you. It's only six verses. And then when we get done reading, we'll pray and ask for God's help to see beautiful things in his word. And then we will make a few observations. Uh, Let's read together Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Let's pray together. Father, as we look to this foundational psalm, There's so much wisdom to be gleaned from it. As we lower our bucket into the well of your word, I pray that we would bring up things that might sustain us this week, whether good days or days of suffering come our way. I pray, God, that you would open up our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to receive your truth. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Many of you know that as I teach on the wisdom literature and, and poetry, uh, so Proverbs is, is wisdom literature, right? So Proverbs sets before us principles. And if we orient our life around those principles, Proverbs tells us uh, that our lives will go better than if we don't. Right? So God is not making a contract with us that if you just follow the right formula, then everything in your life will go well. But there is a trajectory of life that is healthy. There is a trajectory of life that is good. And if we follow uh, God's instructions in his word, if we orient our lives according to how God has set up the world to work, our lives will generally go better. Psalm chapter 1 contemplates this from the very beginning. What kind of man is blessed? It says blessed or blessed is the man... Who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Think about those words. The counsel of the wicked. What he's saying there is that the kind of blessing that we can expect our lives to exhibit will be in part determined by who we listen to. 
who we take counsel from. What is the source of our wisdom? Are we looking to the philosophies of the world? Are we listening to friends? Are those friends to be trusted? Are they believers? Are they people who not only have made a profession of faith, but have walked with Jesus long enough to glean some wisdom from his word themselves and then in turn pass it on to us? The psalmist says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners. Interesting, isn't it, that there seems to be a progression. If you're reading in Psalm 1, first the man is walking, and then he's standing, and then he's sitting. There's this kind of pattern of life that continues to devolve, that continues to go down in its closeness to the Lord, by the pattern of life that first walks in the counsel of the wicked, very innocent ways, very nonchalant, kind of gleaning our uh, philosophy of life from the people around us instead of from better sources. And then we begin to stand. Standing denotes where we can be found. We're standing here. We're standing in the way of sinners. It's uh, important for me to note, uh, the, again, and I know uh, I have mentioned this before, but when the Bible talks about the wicked or sinners, we're, we're tempted to think, well, wait a second, I mean, I'm a sinner, right? I mean, is the Bible telling me not to be around other sinners? How am I ever going to do that? Well, in the Old Testament, especially in poetry and wisdom literature uh, like Psalms, Proverbs, uh, there's this very stark difference that's put there between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent going all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, right? And so we can read these books through that lens. When he says righteous, he's talking about God-fearers, those who have a righteousness that is not their own, that comes from God. And when he says the wicked or sinners, he's talking about those who are not interested at all in God's way or in God's righteousness. So there's kind of this very black and white picture of those who know the Lord and are, of course are imperfect but are following him and those who are not interested in the things of God at all. And when he says here, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of scoffers. I don't think it's a stretch to say we have to be careful how we walk so that it won't lead to us standing in bad places. And then when we begin to stand in bad places, it becomes a lot more easy to sit. To become even more um, comfortable listening to voices that we should not listen to. Um, inertia. You learn about inertia in science in high school. And it's, it's resistance to movement. You know, like so big heavy objects have a lot of inertia. It's hard to get them moving. It's the thing about how we orient our lives. Once we get comfortable, it's easy to dig out a rut in a particular pathway. It's easy to, to settle in to things. And then it's, it's very difficult to get the rock moving again if we find ourselves in a bad position. I think the lesson from Psalms chapter 1 verses 1 and 2 is be careful how you walk or else you might stand there. Be careful where you stand. You might end up sitting there. And this inertia is built up. Mentions also the difference of the wicked sinners. And then it's interesting how he throws in scoffers. 
sitting in the seat of scoffers. It's almost kind of like, that almost sounds like a softer word than sinners and wicked, doesn't it? It's just someone who kind of scoffs, right? It's, it's this uh, uh, um, uh, sarcasm, you know. Be careful, the power of sarcasm sits in the seat of scoffers. Not the person who's out and out wicked, but the person who's going to hear something and say, ha, yeah, the ha, oh, come on, scoffing, you know, scoffing. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But, here's the, the pivot, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. It's that verse 2 where we see that, yes, all of those things in verse 1 were really about who I'm listening to. Who I'm walking with is who I'm listening to. Who I'm standing near is who I'm listening to. And who I'm sitting at the table with is who I'm listening to. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. In other words, a different source of truth. A different source of reality. A different source of information. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Meditation is a really um, interesting thing. Uh, Meditation, I've, I've likened it before to the difference between a fire hose and a sprinkler. In a, in a lawn, right? Um, there have been times when I've seen, you know, these, uh, or, or I've, I've been on a fire call or something, and, and you know when you, when you open up that inch and three-quarter attack line, and, and it's a lot of water at one time, such that the water doesn't have time to sink into the ground. It just kind of runs with gravity and runs and runs. And, but I never had that problem when I lived in South Carolina and we had these warm season grasses that, you know, of course go dormant in the winter and emerge again in about May or so. We had to water them in, in these droughts that we always had, it seemed like, in the upstate. And you could run that sprinkler and because it was just the constant spinning around of that little sprinkler head and the droplets, it would never really see any rivers of water running because it would have time to sink in. And that's what meditation does for us. I'm afraid that many of our folks are discipled with the fire hose mentality of coming on Sunday morning to get the fire hose. And a lot of that, because it's not combined with meditation, it ends up just kind of running off. You just get run off. But meditation is like turning the, the sprinkler on and allowing it time to sit with the text and to sit with what the Bible says. And, you know, Lord, help me to dig my roots deep and to and to see what is here. It's like Sherlock Holmes, one of the, the very first uh, mysteries there in the adventures of Sherlock Holmes is there's, there's been a break-in of the house. And Sherlock Holmes, you know, Watson is there, and Watson doesn't know what to think, and he makes some very just pedestrian, elementary observations, and Sherlock Holmes has already figured it out. And he says, he says Watson, my dear, you see, but you do not observe. The glass, the glass is on the outside of the house. When someone breaks a window to break in, the glass goes in. 
how would it be that the glass is out on the patio? It's because the owner of the home has made it look like a break-in. And he's tried to break into his house from the inside. You know, he's already figured it out, right? You see, but you do not observe. And this is what meditation is about. It's about sitting with the Bible, just a few verses. You know, leave the, read the Bible in a year plan. You know, I mean, that's, that's great. Listen, I'm all about Bible intake. But sometimes there's a benefit of just sitting with Psalm 1 for an hour, seeing what the Lord might show us. The psalmist in verse 3 goes on to give us a picture. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all he does, he prospers. And we begin to wonder, is he talking about now? Is this a contract that God's making with us that if I just meditate on the Bible, everything, all my business ventures will go well? The next couple of verses give us a little more context. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment. Oh, there it is. He's talking, at least in part, about the coming judgment. No matter what this life brings you, no matter how successful in terms of business you may be here and now, no matter how successful in terms of the world's metrics you may find yourself, the man who delights in the law of the Lord in the end, when the judgment comes, will remain standing. You know, it's funny when these tornadoes blow through, just how the wind discriminates, you know. Some of it can't be chalked up to anything other than, I mean, there's science, but it just seems so arbitrary how this house right here can have a couple shingles gone and this house right here is down to the slab, you know. just don't really understand how it works seems so arbitrary but right here the Bible tells us that in the coming judgment it will be not arbitrary it will be very clear who will stand it's those that God has changed who have come to love his word and build their lives on it and yes life will go better here and now but in the judgment there is a safety that is there I want to read to you from Jeremiah uh, 17 it occurs to me there's very similar language here Jeremiah 17, uh, verse 5. Jeremiah 17 is also uh, the chapter where we get that uh, foundational statement. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? But he says here just before that, Jeremiah 17, verse 5. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man, or cursed is the man, who trusts in man. And makes flesh his strength. Isn't that a, just kind of a very similar way to say, blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked, who doesn't trust in the opinion of man. And makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. You know, Whitney and I don't do a lot of screens um, with, with our kids. We actually, it's... it's, it's um, Sometimes we'll show them a video of something or we're trying to, to, you know, demonstrate something or teach something in school. But we don't do a lot of screens. You know, we don't do TV or, or cell phones and stuff like that. Uh, and so the, one of the one times that I did pull my phone out to show them a YouTube video of a tumbleweed. 
and now it's like my kids think that a tumbleweed is like something really important because it's like one of the three things daddy's ever showed them a video of, right? And so they're like, daddy, can you show me the tumbleweed again? <laughs> I'm like, man, our kids are really, you know, that's, that's how you keep them really easily entertained by stuff. You just never expose them to all this, you know, fun, fun stuff. But anyway, um, he said, he's like a shrub in the desert. When I read this passage, I just think of a tumbleweed, like on one of those old cartoons, just kind of rolling through town. There's nothing there. It's desolate. It's dry. He's like a shrub in the desert, the man who trusts in man and trusts in flesh and strength. We sang this morning, my worth is not in what I own, you know. And, you know, I, I, um, I find myself sometimes being so, you know, being so discontent, you know. And I'm just reminded I've been very well served this week when I'm, you know, when I see my parents own this property in Virginia and I see just you know, a couple miles down the road from their house, there's this community, which is just crazy to think with land prices here, five and a half acres of wooded mountain property. The guy who lives in Florida who owns it is trying to unload it, $24,000. $24,000 for five and a half acres. Like, that would be so cool. It would be really cool if I could just, you know, drop that. And then I start, you know, I start looking at trucks. And I think, you know, I start looking at, man, I'd really like to have his truck. I'd really like to have his truck. You know, you start to get discontent. And then you go to a fire call where, like, Todd loses his whole house. My worth is not in what I own or in the strength of flesh and bone, you know? Do we really believe that? My worth is not in what I own. He says the person that thinks that way, trust in man, who, who makes flesh his strength, is like a shrub in the desert, withered up, dry. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. And blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord whose trust is in the Lord. He's like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. Why? Because there's a source of sustenance. You know? It's like, have you ever noticed every time a natural disaster happens, all of a sudden on social media, there's all these ads about you know, the, the uh, emergency food storage, you know, My Patriot Supply and, you know, Wise Food Store, all this stuff, you know. I had a friend, he's an older guy, he's, he's probably about 72, 73 now, Steve Fisher, uh, still working, he's a, he's a very smart dude, he just manages, uh, he's, he's in wealth management. But he said, you know, uh, his wife, Beth, and him, he said, you know, we, we, back in the 70s, you know, this stuff, you know, you could buy that back then, and, and so we kind of stocked up on it, you know. Uh, we were worried about a few different things. So we stocked up on some of this, um, you know, emergency food supply. And then, you know, one day I was just talking to Beth and I said, Beth, what are we going to do if we actually ever need this? You know, like, there's not enough to go around to your parents and my parents. Are we just going to leave them out in the cold? And, you know, like, we might get five or six meals out of this from the whole family, you know, and then and then we're we're done. Uh, this is not like an ad for not getting, you know, emergency food, but I'm just saying it's like at some point you also watch these shows of these preppers who have entire basements full of this stuff. 
stacked four and five shelves high. And then out they have these secret like spider holes in the woods out behind their houses where they can go and get down underground and live and stay. It's like the, the extreme preppers and stuff. It's like at some point we're, we're not placing our trust in the Lord where we are like a tree planted by water and, and, and we do not fear when the heat comes. Instead, we're like a, the bush in the desert. We're trusting in man, putting our hope in flesh and strength. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Friends, how can we live a life that is prosperous now, that is free of fear? How can we live a life that looks more like a tree planted by streams of water than it does like a, a bush in the desert? We can live that kind of life by placing our trust in the Lord and by building our lives on his word, meditating in it, falling in love with it, and seeking to do everything that we can to honor God by living out of it. Let's ask God to give us help to do that. Let's pray.